Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to tell you about this podcast. It's called The DK Project, but it's really The Darren Show. The DK Project is a radio show, but without the radio. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Let's go! Welcome back, everybody, to The DK Project. Zooming in today, we've got Charlie Marie for episode 108. How you doing, Charlie? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? We had a little audio glitch there that we uh, we had to do a redo, <laughs> but uh, she was a trooper about it, and uh, we are going to get through it one way or another. I'm great. We uh, we were just talking a little bit before we got on the, on the microphone about your Southern California lifestyle. I was just out there, man. Hotter than hell. I don't, I don't know oh, yeah. how many people do it. I'm in, I'm in Minneapolis. It's warm, but that was like heat index of like 104 or something. My, yeah. I think my flip-flops were melting. It was like ridiculously hot. It's crazy. It's breezier closer to the beach though. That's yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how often do you go to the beach? Are you a beach bum? Oh man. I, I love the beach. I don't get to go as often as I wish I could go. Yeah. Um, but I, I love it. The is acting your full-time gig? Huh? Is acting your full-time gig? Yeah. And then I do some screenwriting on the side too. Wow. So. How cool. What, uh, yeah. so, 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 so tell us what, what, what you're most known for. What's your, what's your, what's your power role? Oh gosh. Um, I guess the, the mafia boss's wife, Kim. Um, so there's a boss above my husband and I have to go to him and talk to him about how basically I don't think that what he's doing is correct. And he needs to fix this because I'm worried about my husband and I'm like sticking up for that, which is terrifying because he's like the major mafia boss Ooh. and you know, my husband's only training and I'm only the wife. So, so they're keeping it like in the family. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's that interesting. Fun. So it's kind of like a younger generation mob story where you're, what's the, what's the name of it? Is that the actual name of it? That one's Bonnie's Boys, and Bonnie's I get to wear this boys. awesome red leather coat, and you know my hair slicked back on one side, and I, you know, I have this like crazy dark makeup that I would never wear in real life. It's fantastic. Do you uh, <laughs> you get to keep the red leather jacket then? Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, that's <laughs> just a that. perk, huh? Yeah. Ah, that's cool. So what what uh, so did you get into this right out of school, or what did you what what was your path to get you to this point? Well, I always secretly wanted to be an actress, but I was too scared to tell my parents. I was too scared to really dive into it. So I kind of like, you know, took some classes on the down low and mm. I did some theater in high school and did some theater in college, but never really like did anything that would take up too much time because I didn't want to stress my parents out about, yeah. you know, their daughter, not like having a job that will pay the bills kind of thing. And then <laughs> I got my first paid gig and I called my dad and I was like, so listen, you know how my whole plan was to be like a pediatric nurse practitioner? Well, that was like kind of my plan. Like I'm kind of into it, but after working in the hospital, I don't think I'm going to do that. I've always wanted to act, but the good news is don't worry. Don't freak out. The good news is I've already gotten paid for acting. Nice. So you don't have to worry about me. And he was like, Okay. All right. And he was proud of me. So I was like, cool. Now we can, now we can stick with this. one. That's cool. That's uh, I have cool. his support, which is great. And my grandma's super supportive too. And my mom, it's great. So what was your first big role that you booked uh, once you decided to go down that road? Ah, uh, let me think. I think Maybelline Molly and me, where I was like the comedic relief. Um, I'm this next door neighbor. 
uh, mechanic and I walk over and they're like having trouble with their car. And I'm like, Hey, do you need some help? Like, how's it going, Mr. Morris? And <laughs> you know, I walk in there and like, I know exactly what I'm doing. I go, I reach into the car, I get kind of dirty, you know? And he's like, so, um, you know, how's everything going? And I'm like, Oh, you know, you can only, you can only tell them boys so many times how to turn a wrench the right way. And it's like, I'm the comedic relief when the rest of the movie is kind of like, it's about cancer and mm-hmm. all these things. And so that was fun. Um, it's like, you know, real short part, but it was really, really fun. And the people in that, that production were super nice. Really? And it was like, it was great. It was great. Do you ever get into any ones where they're real pain in the butt? Like <laughs> just not easy to work with. That's gotta be pretty common. I would think. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you kind of have, you'll have like the diva who's like, they think that they have to like, take over everything and then you know you have the person that's like you know there's always different kinds of like stereotypes of how people will be but I kind of just go with the flow and do my part and then you know hopefully if I'm friendly hopefully I won't get too you know I guess aggravated with anybody yeah yeah well I suppose you kind of just got to go with the flow it's just that kind of thing where it's Mm -hmm. it's ever changing and evolving and you need to uh, be part of it what uh, yeah. I'm looking on your website here. What's this Wicked Alley about? Ooh, Wicked Ally. That's the one where I'm the detective, and it's a psychological thriller. And basically, I have to find the killer, and he's like, just uh, he's just like everywhere. So he's really fun to find, and um, there's emotional ties to why I'm looking, and it's just it's great. I'm a detective, and that's like the coolest thing. <laughs> is that a is that a film or is that a show? Yeah, that'll be a film. That's a feature. Wow, very cool. Is 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 that yeah. your first feature? Um, yeah, actually, yeah. Wow, how exciting. Do you know when that's coming out? Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking for funding. So I'm hoping that we'll get some executive producers to get it set up. And then by maybe spring next year is when we're looking at filming. So okay. then maybe by Christmas time next year it'll be done. So you've just pounded out the uh, the trailer. Yeah, the trailer's fun to watch. <laughs> I will. We'll have to put a link to it on the site. What do you have? Uh, you do some screenwriting too. What are you? What are you working on there? That one is fun. I love screenwriting. Um, I'm usually always asked to do like horror films, which is cool because I think of twists and stuff. But um, right now, I'm working on like a sci-fi film. Somebody asked me to write. And that's very different because I have to do a lot more research to make sure it's actually like, you know, a little more like accurate, I guess. Whereas horror films, you know, somebody can like reach out of the wall and grab me and like that's accurate. Really? And and you're just, they come to you with an idea and you run with it or do they have it pretty well outlined and then you just kind of hone it in? Well, it depends. Um, like some of them, they have the whole idea and they want me to write it, you know, word for word, pretty much how they said it and just kind of edit and fix things around. Other times they're like, so I want it to be about blah, 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 blah. And then I have to run with the whole thing. And then um, there's something that I wrote myself called backmasking that I wrote last year, which personally, I would like to edit it again a couple more times because editing is part of the process. Yeah. But I submitted it to a film festival. Um, like maybe a month ago, I think. And they said it was selected. So I don't know how far that means I got, but that's exciting. That was a feature I wrote completely by myself. Is that that the first one you've written by yourself? 
Yeah, actually, yeah. Wow. So you were just on the verge of getting all this going. That is awesome. Yeah. I what I what's been it. your favorite role to this point? Um, well, I'm definitely definitely looking forward to the detective role in yeah. for Wicked Ally. And then I guess I don't know. I like that would probably be my favorite, although it's up and coming. Yeah. My favorite past tense one, um, I guess the mafia boss's wife, because I got to pour some emotion into that. That was fun. Yeah. Well, and that, uh, yeah, the mob thing, that's, that's pretty solid. They, uh, <laughs> so have you done commercials and that kind of thing? How did you get your start? Um, well, I kept, you know, I kept auditioning for stuff. Actually, funny story. Um, the very first audition I ever went to was uh, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. They were having an open casting call. Obviously, I didn't make it or you'd be seeing that. But um, they had an open casting call and they said, you know, anybody that wants to come, come on in. And I did. And the very first thing they wanted us to do was sing. And mm. I was like, ooh, okay, um, I'll try that. <laughs> like, really? I went for it. I did my best. And I didn't make it, but it was my first audition ever. Is there ever. footage of that somewhere? Oh, gosh. I hope not. <laughs> oh, that's going to come out someday. Oh, no. <laughs> that is worth gold right now. Wow. That's a big That's a big audition, though, isn't it? Yeah, for my first one, having the balls to do that was pretty Well, fun. how many, when you go to an open casting call for a Steven Spielberg deal, uh, how many people are there? Like how, that's got to oh, just man. be a um, mass of people. You know, it reminded me of like the auditorium at my school and it was packed. Like there were people, you know, practicing lines and, and, and practicing, you know, their notes and stuff singing wise. And we were like maybe a foot away. It wouldn't work with COVID. It was, we were no. real close, packed in there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Have you done anything with the COVID? Have you been out and about mm -hmm. auditioning? Or are they doing anything? A lot of stuff is like self-tapes. So they'll have me like, you know, I'll go in, in the other room and set up this whole thing and um, like set up a blue screen and stand in front of the camera and do something like that. Um, but nothing that I've seen in person. No, oh, really? No casting calls that I've seen. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, I, we've actually been doing more podcasts and more production. I do some voiceover work. Um, we, I've been doing a lot of it, but there's a lot of people who are at home now. So it's obviously gotten more competitive. Um, yeah. but it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, an interesting turn while I was traveling yesterday, you know, they leave the middle aisle open on the planes and Delta was mm -hmm. real wicked about wear your mask, wear your mask. They're like came oh, over the intercom yeah. and yelled at us. Because they can't even go on unless you have a mask, right? Yeah, right. Well, I flew down on Sun Country, and they weren't nearly as stickler as as Delta. Like the, the co-pilot or whoever came on at Delta and like bitched at all of us about putting your mask on. Which whatever. Yeah. But yeah, everywhere you go in California, you gotta have a mask on. I don't know how you yeah. guys do it. We got to have it on constantly. Well, luckily, my um, my son's grandmother made me like this fabric mask and it's way softer. I could practically sleep in the thing. It's so nice. Oh, really? Um, so since she Does made it that, work? I just wear that everywhere. I wash it every practically every day. And then is I wear it, it everywhere. Uh, well, and that was the problem is, well, and I, we were moving furniture and doing all that crap, but it was so hot and sweaty that it's like, yeah, ah, I can't do That's it. the hard part. It was bad. I don't know how they, uh, I don't know. I, well, I don't. The end isn't anytime near. But I was just talking to someone on another podcast about. I wish they'd keep a lot of this stuff around, like when they're serving you food 
or, uh, you know, uh, between customers, they're cleaning everything. Oh, I kind of yeah. like that. I'm not. That is kind of nice. Or like how OCD. at the grocery store, they wipe down the cart real good yeah. for you. <laughs> they should just do that anyway. And the middle yeah. seat in the airplane, pff, leave it open. I love it. It's a great, yeah. uh, you know, so there are some upsides, but the the long and the short of it is it's still a pain. It's still, I don't know. And I don't think there is an end in sight. So, so what was the last, when was the last time you worked on a set? Like, have you been off this whole time then? Um, I think for the trailer for Wicked Ally, that yeah. was, you know, we went on set for that. Um, I think it was like right before COVID hit. I don't think it was during, but there's this um, certification that we can get that has like basically safe safe set type stuff mm -hmm. um so i got that so that you know wherever i go i kind of know what we're supposed to be doing so i can kind of keep an eye out okay um, okay so that's helpful for sure and i mean i think that every like like i think everybody in the industry should try to take that course because it's helpful, you know, to know like how to keep it safe and how to keep everybody sanitized. Cause the last thing I want to do is catch it and give it to somebody else, you right. know, like catch it and give it to my kids or like my grandmother or something like right. that. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the whole thing is, is it's, it's kind of a mystery, uh, you know, how, how and who has it, but yeah. you know, do your part to prevent it is the big thing. I, I interviewed a guy the other day who actually has it. Um, but he, uh, you know, he smokes and he's probably a little bit more at risk than normal. So, but you well, couldn't tell, good. you know, you, you couldn't tell by looking at him. Um, oh, and, wow. and he didn't say, you know, anything was that peculiar about his setup. So, Gosh, but anywho, so, so do you, uh, do you hang out with actor people, actor people, do you hang out with actors <laughs> and, and other people in the industry or what, what is your, what is your day to day like if you're not out? you know, auditioning or well, on set? I have three kids and I'm a single oh. mom. So I'm, I would love to hang out with them more often. I do get invited to things, but most of the time I have to kind of turn it down. Cause I'm like, well, you know, now that I'm not on set, I want to spend time with them. I want yeah. them to know that I'm present. You know, I don't want to just be like, Oh, bye. I'm at my career now. Like, yeah. I don't want them to feel like that. So as much as I possibly can, when I'm offset I'm with my kids and you know, I have friends that like come over and hang out sometimes um, but it's always, you know, I'm like, Hey, my kids are coming too, because I want them to know that I love them. Yeah. Right. And so it's that, you know, delicate balance between the two. So yeah. Makes it all worthwhile. That's, that's, uh, that's yeah. what it's all about. So tell me a little bit about this, um, wicked ally, wicked, wicked ally. Uh, and you're looking for funding for this. What exactly does that mean? Like the, the, so, they've got the plan. They just don't have the money. Yeah. For the most part, I mean, they have some of it, but they're looking to get basically the rest of it to pay, you know, to pay for equipment and just all the things that it takes to run a movie. Um, so basically, like, I don't know all the logistics because I'm not the producer, mm -hmm. but um, basically they're looking for specific things. They're like, they want it to be this amount and then they're going to use that to, you know, give the the primary actors first and then you know the director and basically set it up that way mm -hmm. um so they have their budget scheduled and set up for what i understand but now they just need to finalize funding and um we have some really like cool people in our cast like we have some people from like those old-fashioned horror movies like friday the 13th and stuff like that 
Oh, um, really? So we have some people from there in our movie. And I know they've announced it publicly, so I know I can say at least that much. But um, if you look at the website, um, which I think my website links to their website. So yeah. if you look at that, you can see all those details. And it's just, I mean, it's going to be great. So, yeah, they're mostly looking for the funding right now. And then I think we're a go after that. So. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Hopefully the virus will let up so you can uh, get into it and, and start uh, making more movie magic. So what what's the end goal? Do you want to be the uh, featured lady and the the uh, the the main actress in a, in a big film? Obviously, would be the goal. But are you yeah. doing any other projects along the way, or is the screenwriting kind of the side uh, the side hustle that makes it all work? Screenwriting is kind of the side hustle, and but my main goal really is, like you said, you know, having a, a featured role in a major feature, or even, you know, I'm, I've been thinking a little bit about like, like TV shows and episodics. Like it would be really, really great episodics? to be a in one of those. Yeah, is like, that a word? Um, you know, like uh, Once Upon a Time or Castle episodics? or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds made up. I'm not sure we can take full credit for that. Episodic. Like a series. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. oh, so you're thinking more, and then be more of a regular job. What about the yeah. soap operas? Can you do a soap opera? Yeah, that'd be fun. Like a dramatic, you know, kind of thing. That'd be cool. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've talked to a couple guys in Atlanta who are actors, and something about Atlanta, people there just act, you know, and they just walk in and they're actors all of a sudden, and they're doing real well, yeah. which is surprising. Atlanta and like I think Houston, Florida, like a couple places are like the new Hollywood. Is said. that what it is? Because I everybody's guess. getting the hell out of your town because uh, nothing but cuckoo birds out there. <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys got a homeless problem. Holy smokes. Oh, yeah, that is true. Prices of rent are way too high. Well, and I, I, uh, I, I was, you know, when I was walking around down there, I'm like, they're tenting on the bridges, they're everywhere. It's, well, you gotta do what you gotta do, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I uh, I didn't know that it was that crazy, and that was in San Diego. I couldn't imagine what it's like in L.A. Whee! Oh yeah, it's worse than there. But you were, just... I was able to move around a little bit, so it's not horrible. I uh, yeah, we gotta we've got to figure out something, you know. Well, the big uh... and all that they gotta figure something out because a lot of people, a lot of people are dying from it. A lot of yeah. people are getting really hurt from it, and yeah. It's, it's really sad, actually. It's bad. I I totally. I, don't I know. feel really what about, blessed that you know the kids and I are here at least because at least yeah. I know that I can take care of them and you know what I mean. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know what I would do. How old are your kids then? My they're eight, six, and three, Woof. so they're all really young. <laughs> you got your hands full. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a huge deal. All right. So so uh, do you live with uh, with a. Uh, family member or something or what do you do with them when you go no it's just the kids and me i'm really blessed i have a lot of like really good support um a couple of my friends have watched my kids for me while i've been on set yeah and just i just have like the best support system basically cool i mean i i used to not have as much of a support system and now it's like i'm so beyond grateful because i don't know what i would do without them I, i wouldn't be able to you know so. When you've carved out a little corner in the acting world, so that's awesome. That's a that's a good way to go about it. I I think uh, a lot of people aspire to jump into it and uh, don't realize there's a lot of pitfalls. There's a lot of rejection. 
Yeah, um, that's probably the toughest part. Like, yeah. I was down for about three weeks when I didn't get into the Spielberg one. Like, I knew it was my first audition. How could I possibly have thought that I would make it? But yeah. for some reason, I just, I was so down for like three weeks. I was like, why didn't I do this differently or this differently or everything differently? Like, I was so wrong. And then I realized later, you can't really let it get to you like that. You kind of just got to go, okay, I wasn't right for it. Move yeah. on. You'll be right for something else. Exactly. You know? Is that, and, and that's the one common theme uh, with the, uh, with the voiceover stuff that I do that everyone in the business will tell you is be prepared for rejection. That's all you're yeah. going to get is rejection. And it's true. I mean, it's got to be the most competitive thing out there because everybody wants to be an actor or an actress or whatever. And yeah. uh, it, it definitely keeps it interesting. And, and you really got to know what you're doing. It's uh, it's not as easy as one would think it is. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. But but you- anything that anybody is ever really good at they make it look easy, you know? Yeah. Like I, I was watching this um this video the other day of this this gymnast and she was like flipping around and flying and all this. And I was like, wow, that looks so cool. And like, of course you think like, man, I could do that. And then you think about it and you're like, no, like I really couldn't do all that. No, did you go outside and try? Did you go try? <laughs> well, I have done a couple things, but not nearly <laughs> as good as her. Like the thing is, is like we automatically think that it's so easy because they make it look easy. Yeah. Like if you're good at it, it's going to look easy. Right. You know, if I'm acting and like it looks easy, of course, you're going to think you can act too. You know, I'm not right. you specifically, people in general. Like, right, of course. right. No, and that's, but, you, know, you know, I get a lot of that. I've got uh, a 14 and a 18 and a 19, uh, whatever they are. They're old. And, uh, <laughs> you know, this YouTuber, this YouTuber, that and. It's just kind of a different world now where you can just video yourself and if it catches the right wave, you can, you know, but you really, is there talent in that? I don't know. You know, is it a skill? I don't know. You know, a lot of it's just dumb luck. Um, yeah. I actually saw a, a big ass boat in the, uh, uh, the, the marina there in San Diego mm-hmm. and it was called dumb luck. How funny is that? Wow. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It was actually a really cool logo. It lit up. But um, a lot of that is just, you know, it's just luck. And these kids are making crazy money doing it, you know, and that's like my, my 14 year old doesn't talk about actor or any of that kind of thing. It's all YouTuber, YouTuber, this, the YouTuber, oh, that. Oh yeah. They want to be it, like a, what is it? An influencer. Yeah. Cause I, and, yeah. You know, and that's just not real world. Like I, there's a lot of kids <laughs> that are going to have a real disturbing eye opening once they get out there and uh, finish school or college or whatever and realize that. That stuff doesn't well, just some happen. people make a lot of money with that YouTube stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know. You'd be surprised. But like, the thing is, like, if my kids, let's say, let's say one of my kids or all of my kids, whatever, were into like the whole YouTube thing and they made like a million dollars with it or something and they like kept making money with it. I'd be like, okay, sure. You can do that. But you should find something that you actually enjoy also yeah. that you can do because that's kind of, I mean, unless you like what you're doing, it's, you know, like. You can sit there in front of a camera and look pretty for a while and people like it, whatever. You make money off it, whatever. But doing something you actually like, like a trade, I think is important. Like back in the day before, you know, all the YouTube stuff happened, I'm pretty sure there was special trades. Like my dad, you know, he wanted to, you know, be, you know, if he wanted to be a carpenter, you know, if he wanted to be a teacher, whatever it is, like you learn that trade you learn it like the back of your hand and you go for it nobody wants to do that anymore people don't want to work they just want the easy money 
Well, I would tell my kids, I'm like, look, you still have to learn something. You have to learn some kind of trade. You can stick to fall with back YouTube, on. but learn a trade. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's very true. I, I, do you, I, are your parents behind you now? Are they uh, are they all in on the acting? They think it's uh, the way to go or what? Um, For the most part, yeah. I mean, like, since I started actually, like, working as an actor, they're good with it. Yeah. But before that, you know, I had that, I was, like, scared to tell them. I was kind of like, all right. Like, I went to school to be a pediatric nurse practitioner. Yeah. And I was going to do that because it, you know, looked better as far as, like, Oh, that's what I do. I could be proud of it. You know, I could be like, yeah, I definitely have something going for me, dad, like, and sound cool. But I worked in a hospital for a while and yeah, it was good, but it wasn't my passion. It wasn't like what I want to do with my life. So then I was like, okay, I'll keep this going. I'll keep doing this, but I need to keep practicing the acting thing. And then I kept practicing it kind of on the side. And then it kind of like this and became more acting. And I don't really need to do this anymore. Right. I mean, I help out sometimes. Like, um, you know, if my grandma needs help, I know how to do certain things. Or, you know, if a kid needs help, I know how to do certain things medically. But ultimately, at the end of the day, like acting is my thing. <laughs> wow. That's so. so cool, though. A lot of people don't get that opportunity. I shouldn't say get that opportunity. They just don't have the the guts to to make the leap. You know, I've been independent uh, entrepreneur my whole life. And it, that first step, though, is is a doozy. It's and it's hard. a big yeah. step because you don't, you know, I've, been, I've never gotten a weekly year, a bi-weekly paycheck. It's just not, you know, so I'm just, it's normal for me. But there's people who, you know, and once they get into that swing where you get out of college and you're, you know, getting that steady check and you're growing in this corporate world, it's hard to jump out of that and, and go without yeah. a net. So it's it's scary. It's fear of the unknown, you know? Exactly. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But the interesting thing that I've noticed is that, let's say, you know, there's like me and you, for example, right? Where we don't have the steady every week paycheck kind of thing. Then we have, you know, a person over here that does have the steady paycheck. Well, the difference is, even though, you know, we don't necessarily, we might have the fear, but we don't necessarily show that we have the fear of the unknown, they kind of don't want to jump into it because of the fear of the unknown of not having that paycheck. Yeah. Well, they still kind of are in the same boat because what if something happens with the company? Yeah. What if they get laid off? You know, what if something happens? It's kind of the same. So for me, I, I realized that and I was like, well, I could keep going with the paycheck every week that I have, but it's still uncertain. You still don't know. So well, why not take are... the jump and do what I'm passionate about? You know? excuse me a second um and you you still you're still not filling that void of of what you love to do that that's the whole thing i uh you know i was getting into radio or or uh broadcasting right out of uh high school and they told me what kind of money i'd make and i'm like i'm not doing that you know well, then mm -hmm. i went on and started all these other businesses and now i've finally gone back to all right now i can work for those peanuts and and you know, or nothing, but it's what I want to do. So, and I, you yeah. know, we've been at it strong for a year and a half and it, it's going well. And, you know, and we're getting to that point, like you said, where, you know, the real job uh, that pays the bills is down here now. And the acting and the podcasting is, is getting uh, to be a little bit more time, a little more money, a little bit more energy, but it's, it's what we want to do. You know, that's, that's, yeah. that's the whole key. There's so many people that don't know that part of their life and never will because they worked in the factory or they worked in, you know, and maybe they love doing that. And and that's not a real, 
big thing for them. They just need to fill that uh, bank account and, and get the check and, and then they go do what they want to do, which is totally cool. You know, obviously yeah. we need those people, but I, uh, I've just never been able to do it. It's a, it's a different uh, way of life um, d- dealing with the corporate crap and whatever. So if you can take, you know, but still, if you have a, a nursing setup or whatever, and you have something to fall back on, that's a little bit of an insurance anyway. Where, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not completely without a net. Um, yeah. But it sounds like you're headed in the right direction. I uh, I would think that once the COVID's gone and, and things jump back into uh, full swing, uh, there's going to be, a, you know, because obviously writers and, and, and people who put stuff together are they're still writing. They didn't stop because yeah. of COVID. We're still writing. So there's going to be a big backlog of stuff. Yep. I was just seeing that a few of our movie theaters here in Minneapolis are opening. Oh, good. And I'm okay. like, but, but, but what are they showing? What, you know, there's no yeah. new features that have come out. Um, but then I saw something they were going to, it was like 15 cents to get in. So oh, they must wow. be showing old movies or something or, or oh, you man. know, cause there is nothing coming out. There's no, there's no releases. So, yeah. but I, I think a lot of theaters, bowling alleys, those places are not coming back. You know, there's a lot of them that are yeah. going to go by the wayside. Do, but man, it's it's like a whole new world now. Yep, and it and that you know that's like with my college kids. That's just you know this is what she knows. She doesn't know the real you know college yeah. experience. So I feel bad for my kids. They're like, can we go to the park? Can we go do this? Can we go to yeah. that? I'm like, not really. Yeah, Sorry. you really can't. It's yeah. Uh, it's going to go away. It, it's, it's, I would think by the end of the year, actually, I keep saying by the end of once the election goes through, things will change dramatically. <laughs> I think there's a yep. lot of political fire with the, with the, with the pandemic right now. So we just got to play it by yeah. ear. I just, you know, I also hope that nobody gets sick from it. You know, like, no, like we don't keep getting sick that people start stopping getting sick. Got to wear your mask. Got to wear a mask yeah. everywhere you go. That's the key. Yeah. So, but yeah, well, listen, we, uh, we got to wrap this, oops, we got to wrap this up. What do you, um, what do you, you're promoting the, uh, Wicked Ally Yep. and, uh, anything else you, uh, let's, let's hear where your social media is and, and how people can find you to see what you are up to. Okay. Well, um, my website has my social media on it. So it's www.charlie with no E dash Marie.com. All right. And that's the best place to go. And then I see you got all your social media links on there. Which, uh, which social media do you think you're most active on? Um, probably Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Those seem to be the main ones. Although Twitter's picking up nowadays because there's like, you know, every now and then you'll get like, um, your cast family will be like, Hey, add me on Twitter. And it's like, Oh, okay. So now I have to add Twitter. You stay a lot of, uh, (laughs) That's a good question. Do you, you stay in touch with a lot of people from stuff that you've done? Does oh, it, yeah, for sure. They, really? they become your family, you know? You got to be vulnerable on set when you're acting as the character. Yeah. And so it kind of, like, brings you guys, you know, brings us together. And so then you end up wanting to stay in touch because you've created, like, a bit of a bond with them. So as much as possible, I do try to, yeah. Wow. That's that's interesting because I, I always wonder that, you know, you see, actually I've been – seeing the cast of this um uh that show in north carolina outer banks oh yeah uh, there was one of them that i happened across on instagram and followed them and they're just partying like rock stars every day as a group you know oh, as man. the cast and it's like you know i could see why people think this would be fun they're making money and they're like 
hitting it hard, but it's got to end, you know, it's got to crash. It can't, it can't, you can't maintain that lifestyle. It's <laughs> good stuff. But yeah, I've always wondered that if people do continue to hang out afterwards and stay in contact, that's interesting. Yeah, it's hard with COVID lately, but yeah, we try to a lot of times. That's cool. Well, listen, Charlie, we are going to check in with you down the road and see how things are going, but we can't thank you enough for all the time. And yeah, uh, we you. will, uh, we will definitely uh, get everything tied to the website and, and push everybody your direction. See if we can't okay. find you some funding for that, uh, for that show. And uh, we'll, yeah. we'll check in with you down the road. Thank you for the time. Okay. Thank you too. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye now. Bye. That's it. That's the end. That's a wrap. Read the shtick. That's a wrap for today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends. If you'd like to reach out, you can use the studio line at 612-504-6500 or by email, the DK Project Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, there's always social media at the DK Project Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.